You are listening to the Highland Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Highland Baptist Church, including our gathering times, please visit our website at hbcmolino.com. Today's talk comes from Josh Helton. ...that we're walking through, uh, and, and I know I don't always do it well, and I think Christians could uh, need to be reminded is that uh, we're supposed to live by our faith. Second uh, Corinthians five seven, and you can write this down, and uh, you can check me on it later. It says we walk by faith, not by sight. And over these next several weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to look at people in Scripture who did just that. They lived by their faith. They walked by faith, and God used them in incredible ways. I don't think there's anybody here this morning that says, "You know what, Josh? I don't want God to use me." I don't think there's anybody here today that says, "You know what? I'm I'm okay with just." not being used by God. I, I want to live a, a life that, that really has no meaning. I want to live a life that's just, uh, just kind of mundane. Now, I think everybody here today, if we're honest with ourselves, we want to make a difference. Whether you have a relationship with God yet or not, I still believe that, that deep down inside of you, you want to live a life that makes a difference. And as we walk through this series, we're going to look at people who made a difference. But the thing is, it's, they didn't make a difference because they were just better than everybody else. They didn't make a difference because uh, of their occupation. They didn't make a difference because uh, of their background. They didn't make a difference because of their political leanings. They didn't make a difference because of uh, the, the money that was in their bank account. They didn't make a difference just because they had the ability to speak. No, they made a difference because of one thing. Those two words, by faith. The things that they did, they did by faith. Flip over with me, maybe you're already there. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. I didn't, I didn't give this to, to the people there on screen, but if you're already there in, in the chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convention, conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The assurance of things hoped for. Assurance is, by definition, it's grounds for certainty. It's the proof of something. And so this morning as we continue looking at people, that their faith was the proof of the things that they hoped for. And you may say, okay, well, Josh, what did they hope for? Well, their hope was in Jesus. Now, you, well, some of these people we're looking at are going to be in the Old Testament. Yes, but they hope for that promise that God had already given them. A promise of a, a salvation, a promise of a Savior that was to come. So in, in, when you start this chapter and when uh, the author here of Hebrews is saying, hey, this is the heroes of the faith here in Hebrews chapter 11. He says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And verse 2 says, for by it the men of old gained approval. They didn't gain approval by the things uh, that, that, they had to, that they could do in their own ability. They didn't gain approval uh, by uh, what their last name was. They didn't gain approval by what family they were born into. No, they gained approval because of their faith. And this morning, I think that the challenge for us 
is that we have to realize that if we want to make a difference, if we want to be a church that makes a difference, if we want to be people that make a difference in our community, it's going to come by our faith. And that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. One commentator said this about faith. It said, they said, true Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. I had to read it twice, so I'm going to read it twice for you this morning. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. See, oftentimes our faith is tied to the things going on around us. That was not the story of the people that we're going to be looking at. That's not the story of the people who are in this chapter here. This, their faith was not tied to the things that were happening to them. They weren't just faithful when things were good. They weren't just faithful when God answered those prayers. They weren't just faithful when they saw God do some incredible things in their life. No, they were faithful in the highs and the lows. We've talked about those seasons of life. They were faithful at all times. It was not tied to the blessings that they were given. It was not tied to the lack of uh, things that they felt like they wanted or needed. No, their faith was evident at all times. And because of that, God was able to use them to make a difference in the world that they lived in that day. Today, we're going to look at the story of Noah. And if you know anything about Noah's time... The circumstances weren't great. There were not a lot of people walking with the Lord in Noah's day. And this is, this is early on. I mean, this is, and I say early on, there's the generations span several hundred years and stuff through this. But this is early on in Scripture. But Noah found himself in a place, in a time where people were not walking with the Lord he wasn't going to church services where, where the pews were filled with people praising and worshiping God. He wasn't going to uh, these church services where there was a lot of people outside of his own family that were looking to God for help. No, he didn't, he didn't have that benefit. There were not a lot of people walking with the Lord. Honestly, I think we could argue from what we see in Scripture that it was just him and his family that were walking with the Lord. Talk about being in a place where you feel alone, being in a place where you feel completely isolated because, hey, guess what? Nobody else had the same leanings that their family had. But by faith, Noah made a difference, even in that perverse generation that he walked into. And we know that not only from what the, the Hebrew author here tells us, but we also know that from, from his story. If you jump down there in Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith it is impossible to please him. And that him that he's talking about here is God. Without faith it is impossible for you to please God. So at some point in time, if you want to please God, it is going to take an element of faith. It is going to take you putting your faith, your trust in Him before you'll ever be able to please God. Without faith, 
It is impossible to please, please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And then we see those two words there in verse 7. It says, by faith. By faith. Now, you may find some other ones, but those two words together, I counted 19 times in this chapter. Those two words together, in just the, the short 40 verses of Hebrews chapter 11, I counted that those two words occur together 19 times. You will see by and faith separated from each other throughout this chapter, but 19 times it's together. The author of Hebrews is reminding us how important it is that our faith is evident in the things that we do. How important it is for us to live by faith. Because he goes through this laundry list of people who made a difference, not because of who they were, not because of where they came from, not because of anything they could do, but because they lived by faith. Verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I've been honest with y'all, and I'm going to be honest with y'all again. Reading through that verse, I, something caught me this week. Reading through that verse, I was like, oh, I, got, I got to go back and check that again. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen. God told him, and we're, we're going to look at that in Genesis chapter 6 in just a moment. God told him of some things that were going to happen. He told him, he said, hey, you got to build a boat because I'm tired of what I see. Creation is about to be wiped out. But you're going to be spared, so I need you to build a boat. And he tells him how to build that boat. So by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence or in respect, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. His family was going to be saved through his faith. Now I'm going to pause there for a moment. And I've told you, I've told you a lot of times, my faith can't save my children. My faith can be an example to my children, but it can't save my children. My faith can't save my wife. It can be an example to her, but her faith is tied to her personal relationship with God. So I don't want you to get the misunderstanding that when it says here that uh, in reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. He was saving his family, but they all had to have a personal relationship with God. My parents' faith cannot save me. It did not save me. My parents gave me an example to follow, and I'm grateful for that. You talk long enough to my dad, and he'll tell you it took a few times. Apparently, I was a really, really bad kid. It, it took a few times for me to get the gist of what it meant to be saved. But I'm thankful for their example. Their example led me to what a, an understanding of what faith really is. So Noah was able to save his family through his faith. Let that be an encouragement to you today. Your family should be able to see your faith. Your family should be able to see the things that God is doing in your life. And no, those works will not save your family, but it will point them to the one who can save them. Those works will be a, a testimony, a legacy that you can leave behind for your family. 
It'll show them that there's more to this life than what the world teaches them. Noah's faith would save his family, but look at what else it does. It says, uh, in reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world. I was like, okay, what? I paused. I paused for a moment. I was like, okay, what, is, what does that mean by which he condemned the world? And so I had to go to people smarter than myself. And, and as you break that apart, what happened is the people of the world saw what Noah was doing. Now, we're not given words that Noah would share in this moment. We're not given words that, that Noah spoke to people, but they saw him building a boat. They saw him building a boat in a land that was, in an area that was landlocked, in a place that had never seen a flood and most likely had not seen a rainstorm. And this dude is out there in his field building a boat. Stop for a moment, just imagine the ridicule that would have faced his family. Imagine having, having your kids. Now, we know his kids were on up and, and married because it, we it talks about uh, their wives being uh, brought onto the ark as well. But I imagine my kids going to school tomorrow and them hearing, what, what in the world is your dad building? What, what is that thing that's in your backyard? What are y'all working on? And them trying to walk through those days and say, well, hey, this is, Dad said that God told him to build this boat. I can't imagine the, the things that they would hear from their friends and people who are not their friends that would ridicule them. I can't imagine uh, what Allie would, would hear as, as uh, she's going around and possibly even going to work and looking going, what, what are y'all building behind your house? I drove by the other day and what is that? Many of y'all would probably have questions as well. Josh, why, why are you building, what's it called, an, an ark? Why are you building one of those? Noah, in his faith, trusted the Lord. God had told him what was going to happen. He had told him what was to come. And through that faith, Noah said, yes, Lord. And he built an ark. He began this building process. And, and I, I don't recollect how long it took him to build this. I know that he finished it at the age of 600. The ripe young age of 600. Some of y'all got up this morning and you're thinking, ah, my joints hurt a little bit more than they used to. Noah was doing this at 600. Uh, there's a reason that God doesn't allow us to live that long anymore. Uh, but I don't recall exactly how long it took him to build this, but it took some time for his family to build this boat. But they did it out of faith. But God told them that something was going to happen. And had Noah not listened, he would have perished just like everybody else does. Had Noah not listened, his name would not be written here in Hebrews chapter 11 where the author is saying, by faith, this is what Noah did. There's a really good chance that we wouldn't know that name outside of people around us that may carry that name. Noah would not be an important character in Scripture. But by faith, he trusted what God told him to do prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world. He said, well, Josh, how did he condemn the world? 
Noah's faith was evident to the people around him. Noah's faith, I, I can only imagine that that family is looking going, this is what God told us to do. God told us that there's, there's rain coming, there's a flood coming. God said something, and maybe they were close to some of the people in the world, and they, they, they knew some of them as acquaintances, and they're like, hey, you know what? You need to listen, because God said that he is tired of what he sees, and so he's going to destroy creation. And so you need to listen uh, to what it is that we're telling you, that, that a flood is coming, and, and we're building this boat, because this is what God told us to do. We're not given his exact words in scripture, but we are given the, the, the truth that his faith was seen by the people around him. This was not a little small John boat that they were filling. No, this boat was going to hold massive amounts of animals. It was going to hold the eight people that would be on there and food to provide for them for the number of days that they would be out and about. You can see a replica of it in, in Kentucky. And, and I've heard it's impressive. I've not seen it. Some of y'all may have been there to see it. I've heard it's absolutely impressive. That's what he was building in his backyard. This wasn't a little, a little John boat with a trolling motor on it that he was just going to put in down at, uh, on the river and go fishing in. No, this, this was going to be something that would sustain them through a flood that would destroy the world. And it provided salvation for his family. But because the people did not listen to his message, it condemned the world. You, you say, Josh, hey, that's, that's a tough one right there. That's not on Noah. You, you need to hear that today. It was not Noah's fault that the rest of the world was condemned. No, God was going to destroy it all. And he said, I'm going to spare Noah and his family. And so he allowed Noah to be his mouthpiece but they didn't listen. So that was on them. And so because through Noah's faith, Noah's faith was seen in him trusting God and building this ark. But the world was condemned because they did not listen to Noah. The truth of the matter for you this morning, church, folks, the truth is you're just supposed to live by faith. You're supposed to allow the people around you to see your faith. You're supposed to allow the people around you to, to, to be able to see that God is working in your life. And you can be his mouthpiece, but you cannot make someone accept his message. You are not condemning people. You are just telling them the gospel. And when they say, no, I don't want that, they take that condemnation on themselves. But your job is still to live by faith and to preach the message that God has given you. To tell your story that God has given you to tell. Noah's story was he was supposed to be faithful and build a boat. And that's exactly what he did. And through that, his family was saved. While the rest of the world was condemned. But I tell you what, those few words there by which he condemned the world threw me for a loop this week. Because oftentimes we try to carry that weight ourselves. We try to look and go, you know what, God, it's my fault that they didn't accept you. It's my fault that they didn't want to listen to me talk about the things you do. God, it's my fault that they don't have a relationship with you. No, your job, it's only your fault if you don't speak up. It's only your fault if you're not doing what God has asked you to do. If you're doing what God has asked you to do, it's just not on you. You don't have to carry that burden I mess up enough. I don't need the burden of people not hearing God's message placed on me.
My job is to come and preach, share the message that he's laid on my heart. Your job is to hear that. Our job together is to respond to the message and allow the world to see us lived as a changed people, people that live by faith. Now, what the world does with that is not up to us. We're just supposed to live by faith. And when God tells you to, you're supposed to speak up. When God gives you the opportunity to share your story, you share your story. When God gives you the opportunity to be hospitable to somebody and love on them in a way that, that may be different than just praying for them or, or sharing a story with them, you do those things and God uses that. It's their job to say yes or no. That's on them. You don't have to carry that weight this morning. So if you've been carrying that, that's not on you if you're being obedient to what God has asked you to do. Noah, by faith, built an ark that provided salvation for his family, but in turn condemned the world. The thing is, he couldn't have saved the world. Because you look and go, well, was there another way? No. Noah, Noah and his righteousness could not have saved the world. The world was already condemned. They just had an opportunity to hear the message before God destroyed it all. That's where we fit into this story as well. He has given us an opportunity to share the message that he has placed on us before he sends Jesus back. He's given us an opportunity before the world has to face that judgment, he's given us an opportunity to share the message of peace and grace and mercy and jo uh, joy and love. He's giving us an opportunity to share with those around us before they have to stand before him. That's your job. What they do with it is up to them. Noah, by faith, built an ark that prepared salvation for his family provided that and condemned the world and he became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. See, I've gone back several times and looked at what the story of Noah is and, and there was a movie several years ago that came out about it and it added a lot of things because, you know what, there's not a whole lot to Noah's story. So if you will, turn over with me to Genesis chapter 6. And we're just going to walk through just a handful of the verses that, that you find Noah's story. It, it spans a few chapters here. Noah's not a perfect person. If you look at the end of the story, um, you, you find that, that he messes up. And no doubt that he would mess up before this. But in Genesis chapter 6, God looks at what is going on with the world, they're starting in verse 5. It says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Go back and read that again. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God looked at, at, at mankind and there was zero good out there. There was nothing there. He looked on their heart and every intent of the thought of the heart was evil. What a day to be alive in Noah's time frame. 
He's living in a world, and I know oftentimes we look at our world, and, and for, for many of you, you look back on the years and you say, you know what, our world is just getting worse and worse and worse. And it is. I've not found a place in Scripture that says that our world's going to get better. I'm sorry. I've not found that place where, where God says, hey, you know what, if you'll bring enough people to church, that, that the world's going to get better. If you, you do these things, that, that everything, no, people are going to be inclined to fall further and further and further away from God. We're going to see days like Noah did, even more so than we do today. But God looked at mankind and he saw zero good. Even in the thoughts of their hearts, there was no good whatsoever. It was just evil continually. And in verse 6, the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. Those are some strong words. God was sorry that he made man on the earth. That's how wicked the people were. That's how little good there was around. That God looked and he said, you know what, I'm sorry that I made man on the earth. We're talking about his prized creation. The one that he made in his own image. He was sorry that he made it because there was nothing good about it. Early on in the book of Genesis, God looks at his creation. And when he makes that creation, he says it was good. At the end of every day, he looked back on the day that he, he had worked. And he said that the creation was good. Sometimes even very good. But here in Genesis chapter 6, just a few short chapters later, God looked at mankind and said, Oh, that's enough. I'm sorry that I ever made that. So verse 7 says, The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. It's not a misinterpretation. It's not a misunderstanding there in verse 6 because verse 7 repeats the same thing. He said, You know what? I'm sorry that I made that. I'm sorry that I created this. Looking at what it's become, I am sorry that I made this. That was the days of Noah. That's what Noah was walking in. But Noah was different. Because Noah lived by faith. And let's see what it says here in verses 8 and 9 about Noah. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. God had looked at all of mankind. He had looked at their, the thoughts of their heart and said there's nothing good except for one man found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And what brought him to find favor in the eyes of the Lord? It says, these are the records there in verse 9 of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah was not perfect. Noah was not a perfect man. I need you to understand that. Noah was not perfect. And we see that as you walk through the, the rest of his story that we won't get into today. You can continue reading through the flood and through the things that happened after the flood. And, and so Noah was not a perfect man, but he was one of integrity. So depending on how you want to translate that word blameless, uh, some will tell you that it's just one of having integrity in his time. But look at the last four words of that verse. Noah walked with God. 
You want to know how Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord in the midst of a perverse generation? Noah walked with God. You want to know how you can find favor in the eyes of God with the way that our world is going today? You can simply walk with God. And if we walk with God, if we walk by faith, if we walk in obedience with Him and and trusting Him, we'll find favor in the eyes of the Lord. God's not going to look at you and say, I'm sorry that I ever created you because you'll find favor in His eyes. We don't know a whole lot about Noah before this, but we do know that Noah walked with God. And because of that, it was counted to him as righteousness. His faith was seen. He was given the opportunity to preach a message to people that would not hear it, that would not respond in a positive way, but he was given the opportunity to share a message with them because he walked with God. Our challenge this morning, Highland Baptist Church, we're called to walk with God. If we want to make a difference, if we want to see God do something in this generation, if we want to see God work in the town of Molino, if you want to see God work in the the workplace that you go to, if you want to see God work in your home, if you want to see God work in the lives of your family members, what you need to do is you need to walk with God. And if you'll spend your days concerning yourself with walking with God and making sure that you're obedient to what He's calling you to do, I'm going to tell you right now, as as best as I understand it, as much as I believe in it, you will see a difference in those around you. People are going to notice something different about you and their lives are going to be changed because they're around someone who is walking with God. You know what, I I think there's a large number of people that are outside these doors that are craving to see people walk with God in a real relationship with Him. Some of the things that hurt the church the most are people who just come in, we check in, maybe we check in with our social media stuff, and and we, we come and we check off our box and then we walk out the door and we act like nothing's happened. You act like you didn't just stand up and sing songs praising God this morning. You act like you didn't hear, uh, have an opportunity to open up his word and hear God break open truth and speak to you. No, we walk out those doors going, okay, well, what's for lunch? What ball game is on today? What am I going to do tonight? What, well, I got to get ready for work tomorrow. And we just completely dismiss everything that we've heard in this place. But there's a world out there that, that is dying to see People walk in a real relationship with God. People are craving that authenticity. They're craving people to be real with them. They're craving people to be genuine and say, you know what? Let me pray for you because I hear that you're struggling. They're craving just to be heard in general. They want to see that there are people who care, not because we're better people than else. No, but because we serve a God, we have a relationship with God that teaches us how to love people. And when we, when we learn that, when we lean into that in our walk with Him, then the world is going to see something different in us. You can't help it. You're not going to be able to control it. You're not going to be able to fabricate it. You can't. It's not something you can go home and build in your own shop. No, it's something that God's going to do inside of you. And as we walk with Him, people around us are going to notice. Those people may never ask you what's different. 
Those people may never give you the opportunity to share what's different about you or the message that's going on, what God is showing you. They may not give you that, but I promise you they are going to notice that something is different. And what I have found in my walk with the Lord is oftentimes those people that I've been different around, those people that have seen God change me over the years, when everything hits rock bottom, they know they have somewhere that they can turn to, even if we've not had that conversation. Even if I've never been able to share the gospel with them, even if we've never had a religious conversation, those people walk up to you and say, hey, I know you're a praying person. I need you to pray for this. Hey, I, I know you, you walk around differently than everybody else in this workplace, and so I need you to help me out with this. I need you to point me in the right direction. I need, and that's when that door opens for us to be able to share that message, just like Noah did about building an ark. He said, hey, something's coming. Something's about to happen. Something's about to change. We're going to see something like we've never seen before. I'm building this boat because I'm trusting that what God told me is really real. And when the time comes, you're going to find me on that boat. God will give you the opportunity to share your message if you're walking with Him each and every day. God's going to give you the opportunity to share your message with that loved one that you've been praying for years and years and years for. He's going to give you that opportunity to share that message with them if they'll see you walking by faith. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord because he walked with God. They knew each other on a personal level. They had a relationship and he found favor in his eyes because Noah leaned into what God was doing. He looked to him. He spent time with him. And because of that, his family was saved from the end of the world. Today, you can have that assurance as well. You can have the assurance of salvation. You can have the assurance... That, that you can walk with God. In just a few moments, we'll offer an invitation. And you'll have the opportunity to say yes to the Lord, even if you've never done it before. For some of you, you're looking and going, you know what, Josh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for me to be different. It's difficult for me to, 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 to walk with God every day. You don't know my workplace Josh, you don't, you don't know the type of people that I work with. No, I, but I also don't know the type of people that Noah lived around. But from what Scripture tells me, it was pretty rough. And yet Noah still had the opportunity to walk with God. Sometimes we've got to get past our pride. Sometimes we've got to get past ourselves and look and say, you know what, God, I'm willing to walk with you no matter what it is that's around me. Because remember, we talked about that faith. That faith, true Bible faith, is confident obedience, confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. It's obedience to who God wants you to be, to responding to his truth despite of your circumstances. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord because Noah walked with God. 
There's two other verses that I want to share with you. And they both say very similar things. Verse 22 there in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 in chapter 7. This was Noah's response to what God had asked him to do. I don't know that Noah had ever seen a boat. There was no reason for him to with where he lived. I don't know how many conversations that Noah and God had had leading up to this point. I know he walked with him. But I, I venture, venture to say that this was a very strange request for Noah. One that came at a cost. One that was going to challenge that faith that he had. Yes, he had walked with God up to this point. And God gives him the command that you can read there. You can read it starting in verse 10. And it goes all the way down uh, to, to, to verse 21. But verse 22 says this. Thus Noah did. According to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Noah looked and said, yes, Lord. God, you're asking me to build a boat. You're saying that you see the corruption of mankind. And you're asking me to build a boat. You're asking me to take some animals on it. You want me to take some food on there. And you're telling me to put my family on there. Yes, Lord. Noah was asked to build a boat in a place that a lot of people would tell you that they probably hadn't even seen a rainstorm before. Because the earth was going to be flooded. I don't know about y'all, but in my walk with God, I've not had quite that strange of a request. God's never looked at me and said something so far out of it that I was like, do what? Now, there's been some tough things that God's asked me to do. There's been some tough times that, that God said, hey, Josh, I just need you to follow me. I just need you to be faithful. But I can't recall any of those that would have brought me ridicule like Noah's family could have faced during this time. But you know what Noah did? Exactly what God asked him to do. Noah said, yes, Lord, I'm going to obey. Why? Because he trusted in God's word. He trusted what God was asking him to do. Verse 5 says the exact same thing uh, there in chapter 7. It says, Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. And verse 6 tells you how old he was. Now, Noah was 600 years old. Noah had probably seen a lot of things in his life, but I'd venture to say that many of y'all have seen a lot of things in your days as well. And I don't know what it is that God is asking you to do. I don't know what challenges uh, face you uh, moving forward, but I do know that if you're still here, if you have breath in your lungs, God is looking and saying, child, I still want to use you. I'm not done with you yet. It doesn't matter what you've seen. I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care about the circumstances that you're in right now. I will remove you if I want to remove you. But where you are right now, I want to use you. You may be looking at Josh. I, I, don't, I don't know how I can get past that at work. Work's tough right now. Life is tough. Maybe, maybe the finances aren't where you want them to be. Maybe, maybe things aren't happening how you want them to happen. I'm just asking you to trust God. I'm asking you to give Him a chance to show His faithfulness. I'm asking you to walk by faith and trust that God is going to take care of you. I could turn this microphone on and I could pass it around the room and I, I, we'd probably hear a hundred plus stories of God's faithfulness. 
over the years. Some of you have more than one. Some of you got so many stories, you're like, Josh, I could take up all afternoon with those talking about God's faithfulness. Highland Baptist Church, I, I think God is asking us again, once more, he said, I just need you to trust me. I need you to trust me. And I'm not going to waste those hundred plus years that I put this church here in Molino. I'm not going to waste the time that you've spent praying for this church. I'm not going to waste the time that you've spent uh, praying for a new pastor or praying for the new positions that we're looking for. I'm not going to waste time on, on all those years you've invested here at Highland Baptist Church. He's looking and saying, I just need you to trust me and know that I'm about to do something that is going to blow your mind if you'll just walk by faith. For some of you in your personal walk, he's looking going, I've heard that name lifted up. I hear your prayer. I hear that cry. I hear you asking me to do something. I just need you to trust that I'm going to do it in my time. I just need you to trust that I'm going to take care of it. This morning, he's asking you to simply walk by faith and trust him. That sounds really, really simple. It sounds really, really basic. But church, I know, I know that it's not that easy. Because faith takes work. And if you're going to walk by faith, it means you're going to have to spend time talking to God. If you're going to walk by faith, it's going to take some changes in the things that we're doing It's going to take us getting past ourselves and saying, yes, Lord, to whatever it is he's asking you to do. I don't know what it is he's asking you as an individual to do. I'm not sure of all the plans that he has for the church here at Highland Baptist Church. I I don't know what all he has planned for us. Right now, I'm trying to walk by faith and say, yes, Lord, to wherever it is he leads us. But one thing I do know is that if you'll let him, he will lead you. If you'll let him, he will lead you even in your own walk. But he's saying, you've got to trust me today. So by faith, will you trust in him? Maybe this morning, you need to put your entire trust into him. Maybe today is the day of salvation for you. The altar will be open in just just a moment for you to walk that aisle and say, yes, Lord. It's just a simple prayer. Just asking for forgiveness and expressing your need for salvation from Him. That's the yes that He's looking for if you've not done that yet. But maybe you're saying, Josh, I have faith. What are those next steps to your faith? Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's joining the church. Maybe it's being a part of this family that God has placed you in. I don't know what your next steps are, but the altar is open for you to do the work that God has called you to do. I've given you the message. I can't make the change for you. I can't do that. So if you walk out these doors in disobedience today, that's on you. That's not on me. If you hear God calling you to something today, that's not my fault. That's on you this morning. I'm putting it as plain as I know how. 
And I'm begging you, if God is laying something on your heart, if he's asking you to move, if, whether, if you can't get down to the altar, come sit on the front pew. If he's wanting you to step out, do that. If not, pray where you are. But don't leave this place without responding to him. Because that's on you. Because now is the time for us to respond. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your presence in this place. And God, I pray. God, I pray that you would just move among your people. And Lord, if there's someone here that can hear the sound of my voice, or if they're watching online, God, I pray that they would, God, that they would just come to you. Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that they would walk in obedience to what your word says. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And Lord, whatever response we need to have this morning to your message, God, I pray that's exactly what we'd do. God, we're asking you to move like only you can. And we're going to give you the glory for it all. In your holy name I pray. Amen. If y'all would, please stand with If you were encouraged by today's talk, please be sure to rate us and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Highland Baptist Church Podcast.